This is the Barbecue Central Show Archives. The Barbecue Central Show airs live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices and a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit them online at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by Big Papa Smokers, creators of fabulous rubs, online retailer of grills, accessories, apparel, and creators of their own barbecue contest. Visit them online at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, creators of injections and rubs, sweeping the nation, doing well in competitions and in the backyard. You can visit them at ButcherBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Call 440-943-2700 and use key term Barbecue Brother when you talk to Steve. Or visit them online at StephenDeFranco.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the best pellet grills you can get on the market today. Varying sizes, not only for your capacity of cooking, but for your budget as well. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com for more information. And by El Diablo Mustard. Looking for a little bit of heat and flavor and regular old yellow mustard? El Diablo has you covered. Six different flavors to choose from currently. And you can find them at LDiabloMustard.com. And by CookingPellets.com. Have a pellet-driven cooker? Why not try out some of the best pellets on the market? And will not void any of your warranties, by the way. CookingPellets.com is the website. And by CookShack, a premier manufacturer of electric and pellet-driven cookers, giving barbecue classes located in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Always running some kind of a special deal. Check them out at CookShack.com. This is Dominion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh, yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Should you see fit to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. A couple ways you can do it. Phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the website can be found at the main website address, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter, which you can subscribe to on the main website itself as well. Three spots left, and then it's all over, folks. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now... Wait, let me uh, let me draw back just for a couple seconds. Tonight, it is 98% mostly all Jack recap. 
And in fine fashion, leading out of the box, the grand champion of the 2014 Jack Daniels Barbecue Cookoff, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's, will be joining us, having quite a year. Then at 9.35, keeping in that same thing, the reserve grand champion and two-week guest in a row, Mike Richter, Chicks, Swine, and Bovine. One and two. And then we'll move to the second hour where we will find, change it up a little bit. Uh, This guy does see competitive action on the barbecue circuit. He was at the Jack Daniels World Championship Barbecue Cook-Off this past weekend as a embedded reporter for the Chattanoogian. I believe that's a uh, paper in the Tennessee area, Chattanoogian. Unofficially, the embedded reporter for the Barbecue Central show covering the Jack Daniels. He doesn't know that, but that's what I'm terming him here right now. Uh, Loyal Centralite, again, competitive barbecuer and businessman. Steve Ray will be joining us. I figure here's a good way to A, keep it Jack Daniels as much as possible. So we'll definitely get the competition side of things in with Darren and Mike, one and two respectively, as they finish in that competition this past weekend. But then in the second hour, in order to keep it Jack Daniels related, but maybe switch it up a little bit, not get too monotonous in the competition side of things from the competitor. Why not get somebody's opinion who was there seeing it in a holistic sense as a omnipotent viewer, someone who has the passion for the a, industry, B, for the competition side of things, but then is able to translate it into the written word as he was making regular posts on the Chattanoogian as well. So uh, we'll get Steve's opinion on the venue, on drawing process, on if he would like to get there someday, and uh, the ancillary contests and things that he saw going down. I mean, it's going to be... A wild segment or two with Steve, so uh, anxious to get to him in the second hour. Uh, anxious to hear from you folks as well. Two one six two two zero zero nine six six. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com are your two bits of contact information. Uh, Chad Ward, I just paid a guy two thousand dollars to pull paneling like that out of my Florida room and drywall it, but Rempy makes that paneling look damn good. That's right. I could pull this out in a second. You know, I got strong muscles, and uh, you know I'm very muscular, so I could pull that out. I mean, I hung it myself, you know, with a with a hammer, nail gun. You know, I got the effective lights up there, you know, for effect, effectiveness. But yeah, I appreciate that, Chad. Appreciate you noticing that. Welcome back to broadcasting again, my friend. Oh. Well, I think in a effort to produce a better quality product in the video stream, in the stream realm, I amped up the resolution from uh, 640 by 360 to 1080 by 720, which I guess is your standard first rate of uh, high definition. But evidently, it doesn't evidently want to play nice with everything else, and everything just crashed and dropped. So, pull it back, pull it back, and uh, we'll see how it goes the rest of the show. This is how I had been 
broadcasting uh, not last week last week it worked fine you know so uh, i did have uh, small communications with kevin bevington who said hey you know expert advice might not want to go too big a lot of things could happen uh, also one of those would be your output signal and bandwidth and blah 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 and wouldn't you know that yeah okay hey some of us are smart and some of us are not i'm not smart i'll try anything once but when it goes bad i'll never try it again and here's what's happened so we're back to normal broadcasting bandwidth and resolution and so forth, and we will press on from here. Once again, the show is really a uh, non-video show. The show was put together to be just a radio show. Anybody remember that? Oh, I liked it so much better when there was no video component. Just go back. I'm, next week, I'm just going to have a, the logo up here, and I'm not going to have any video whatsoever. It's going to be great. Won't have to shave or anything. Won't have to look nice. Rich mahogany walls can get taken down, all that stuff. Yeah, really, that's what happened, Angel. What happened? All right, uh, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's coming up out of the break. Uh, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. Um, uh-oh. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't throw that one out. Here we go. Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack. Pellet Grill is a smoker and grill all-in-one. It is a stainless steel, 100% wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to 800 degrees. It is the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that dry and shrink meat. A pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. CookShack has two models of pellet grills to choose from. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double wall rolled hood for superior heat retention fuel savings and maximum cooking performance the pg 500 features a two-way swing lid and utensil holder the pg 500 and 1000 have many great features including 784 square inches of cooking space easy side loading pellet hopper fully automated wood pellet feeder system stainless steel cooking grade on the direct zone side that produces killer looking seal marks nickel plated grill on the indirect and top racks, drip bucket, pellet ashtray, 100% stainless steel construction, warming drawer, 40 pounds of Cook Shack hickory pellets, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. All for you to take advantage of. It is a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, ribs, chicken, steak, desserts, sides, and large cuts of meat. It can do it all, including cold smoking. Grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense smoky flavor. When you cook with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent and the smoke more flavorful. For recipes and how-to videos, check out Cook Shack's YouTube channel. More information can be found on their website devoted just to the pellet grills at pelletcooker.com. That's pelletcooker.com. Or you can call Cook Shack at 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Tell me what more information on the PG500 and the PG-1000, again, 100% stainless steel construction, warming drawer, 40 pounds of Cook Shack hickory pellets, and the 30-day money-back guarantee. That's the most important thing of all. Cook on it, try it, abuse it for 30 days. If you don't like it, if it doesn't meet your exacting standards, they will take it back. No other cooker is going to take it back after 30 days. Sorry, not going to happen. Pelletcooker.com for more information or call 800-423-0698. The good folks over at Cook Shack. Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D's, coming up right out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Anybody heard of Amazon.com? Never. No, who are they? All right. Last weekend, one of the most sought-after contests took place, went down, came off, whatever adjective you like to describe it. And coming out ahead of all others, none other than Iowa's own Smokey D's pitmaster, Darren Worth, who happens to join me here on the show as well. Uh, Darren, how are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you, Greg? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Darren. Appreciate you asking and, of course, making time for the show. Um, are, like, are you on your way back from, uh, from the Jack Daniels? Are you already back? What's your uh, logistics scene like? Uh, no, we're already back, and the uh, meat is already trimmed and on my way to Arizona tomorrow to be in Rafa, Nevada by Thursday. Wow, so you are going to be uh, taking part in that, I guess, what is going to be a fairly substantial uh, laughlin size contest as well, right? Yeah, I'm not even sure how many teams are there, but, you know, it goes that if I don't keep cooking, I've, I've got a honeydew list that's probably going to catch up to me, so I'm just going to keep cooking. So you just plan on cooking for the next 30 years? Because I imagine if it's that big now, if you stop, it might never end. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's joining me here on the show. All right, Darren, so let's go ahead and... Uh, take a look back at this past weekend. Uh, the Jack Daniels is obviously one of the uh, more interesting competitions for a number of different reasons, and it seems to be uh, one of the three or four big competitions that you know. Not only do every team want to try and win every year, that was horrible English. I apologize, but uh, this seems to be one that a team would like to win before they hang it up or, or put out the fires or whatever. Uh, phrase you want to say so uh, coming down with the grand championship for the jack daniels this year uh, i guess as a team and you've been doing this for a long time this isn't something that you know you've been doing for one or two years and and now all of a sudden you've won the jack i mean you've been at this competition thing for uh, a number of years now been very successful over a long period of time so what does winning the jack i guess mean to iowa smoky d's to you and, and to sherry well, I mean, it's it's just crazy. It's just another notch in the bucket list. You know, I mean, we've, you know, over the last 12 months, I've, you know, with winning the Royal and winning the Kingsford Invitational and now winning the Jack, you know, I kind of feel like I've won the Super Bowl, the World Series, and the Masters. It's kind of like uh, the, the Iowa Smokey D's Grand Slam, right? The Grand Slam, the trifecta. Yeah. Um, so if we look back at the contest itself this past weekend, uh, how did you find uh, the? Well, let me ask you this question: How many times have you uh, competed in the Jack so far? We actually competed five of our first six years of the Jack. Uh, we've been competing for twelve years now, so we competed five of the first six years. We had one year in there, I think, two thousand eight. We didn't get a draw, and then we haven't gotten a draw, even though we've had five and six wins 
um, for the last five years. So, you know, we hadn't been there in five years. So we were kind of excited to get back. Is there anything to the mindset, uh, you know, when you have a drought or a, a draw drought, uh, whether you're not winning the, the seven in a row to automatically qualify or to have the number of wins that you have but still not get the bung pulled uh, to go down for that particular year, to have a, a gap of time, does it uh, renew any vigor uh, to get down there and try and win where, you know, I mean, you had guys like uh, Chris Hart and Myron Mixon that went uh, 10, 11, 12 years in a row, what have you, and it's like, Jeez, I'm here again. At some point, you're like, wow, I've made it five or six times in a row. And then all of a sudden, you're like, man, this is like my ninth or tenth year. I'm excited, but is it going to happen? Does having a break help you mentally at all think that you're going to be able to, to, to get over the hump and pull off a victory? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it put me any in any different mental state of mind. You know, it was one of those things that, you know, the worst day of your life is when you don't get drawn for the jack, you know, and that went on for a few years when you kind of became numb to it, you know, and, and it's just, it's just, you've got to be lucky to get into that contest. So, you know, I mean, it's not about necessarily winning the jack. It's about even getting to go. Um, it's special in its own way. You know, I mean, if you put it up there, you've got the American Royal, uh, the Open and the Invitational, which to me are, you know, you got a lot, lot more competition there because every champion can go there. Um, whereas the Jack, you had a lot of a lot of good teams sitting at home. You've been a number of times. You've done everything there is to do probably down there, learned lessons along the way. Aside from the barbecue competition, when you get down to Lynchburg, what are some of your favorite things to do uh, to enjoy your time there? You know, we really, like you said, we've been there enough times that – um, when you pull into the holler the first time, it's so special and you just have to, you have to take everything in, you know, our good friends, David and Celeste from blue bloods, they were there for the first time. And we kind of watched through their eyes as they're going through and doing Miss Mary Bobos and doing the distillery tour and buying every t-shirt and knickknack and every barrel head and getting them signed and everything going along with getting to the Jack. Since we've been there, done that, uh, we did have a nice lunch at uh, Miss Mary Bobo's with Tuffy Stone and, and a bunch of other good folks um, on Thursday. But other than that, we didn't do a lot. We were we were there to barbecue. Getting to the Jack once, as you know, uh, could lead to maybe never even getting back to the Jack at all. So as a team, and, and maybe for the teams, I mean, you know, as Sterling Ball has uh, said on any number of occasions on this show, you know, the, the vast majority of competitors out there aren't doing 25, 35, 40 competitions a year. They're doing, you know, five or 10, uh, some maybe in 15 to 20, but maybe no more than that. So their opportunity to get to the Jack might not be, uh, you might not have as many chances, I guess you'd say, on a year-to-year basis. So if you make it down there, is it almost like you have to run that risk of taking it all in because you might not get back there again? Uh, or should you make that definitive decision going down that, hey, it's my first time and I'm just going to go to win and, and I'll kind of hold off all that other stuff to the side that I hear about or uh, vice versa. Say, hey, I want to take the whole experience in. If I do well, I do well, but that's not going to be the, the motivating factor uh, for me to enjoy this weekend. How do you how do you see that and how can you balance that? Yeah, I think I think once you get there, your first time that you get to the jack, you have to take it all in. It's all about the experience. Like I said, there's nothing more special than pulling into the holler, you know, for the first time. And and you know, you go to a contest that 
you know, you look at the amenities of a normal contest and the water's kind of sketchy and the electric's kind of sketchy, but it really, and normally it's muddy. We, of course, had beautiful weather this year. Um, you know, it, the conditions haven't always been the greatest, but you can, it, it's still special and you can go take in all the local sites and just what makes Lynchburg Lynchburg, you know, for so the first time, the first few times you go, it's a matter of, Hey, you just hope to finish up there. You know, you kind of hope that, Hey, I it's like the American Royal. You want to get your feet dirty at the American Royal. All you want to do is hear your name called at the Jack. All right, so when we look at the competition itself, Darren, uh, you finish uh, first overall. Uh, you finish with a score of 694, just shy of 695. So uh, a fairly decent score, although this year we've seen plenty of uh, 700s, uh, 701s, 2s, 3s, 4s, and 5s, for crying out loud. Um, overall, uh, how did you feel about the cook, and, and I guess how did you feel about your turnits as well? Yeah, I mean, we had a great cook, you know, and – we cooked so many times. I mean, it was our 33rd contest of the year. If we can't get good at it by then, then we probably ought to give it up. But, um, you know, we just, we had a really great cook. There wasn't anything at all. You know, our big thing is what would you change about the cook? And there just wasn't anything that we would have changed after it went to the judges. But we know with all the celebrity judges and this year, the addition, there was a lot and lot of cooks judging there. You know, past world champions were judging there and just all these people that you're going, I can't believe, you know, it used to be all celebrity. You know, it's just a big luck of the draw, you know, so you just kind of, you know, turn in your best stuff and uh, cross your fingers and see what comes out. Yeah, I was going to say, when you you say you've cooked 33 times or or whatever it was, and if you're not hitting on all cylinders at this point, then, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, the judging is a little bit different than you would normally find in, in a lot of different competitions. But was it somewhat uh, encouraging to you to see a lot more judges than it would be to to have the, I guess, what you would consider untrained or non-experienced palates that you've seen in years past? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't play much too into that. I, I don't play into that. Um, much, you know, I know a lot of people when they show up to the contest, they're all worried about how many percentages certified judges they're going to have and, and that stuff. I'm not sure how that really matters. You know, I mean, it truly becomes, are you hitting that right table? And, and what happened, we saw a lot of good teams as we come down the stretch there that had two really nice calls that, you know, I figured it was between five or six people going to win this thing. Um, and we weren't one of them at that point. Um, start getting called for 10th place and 8th place and 6th place and whatever, and it got down to to three places, you know, and when they called True Bud, my wife looked at me and goes, who has this one? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, we do, honey, don't worry about it. And we both laughed about it. <laughs> you know, we both laughed. But in, but in the meantime, <laughs> I had taken my uh, third place brisket trophy and I had handed it to my sister. I had my sister, two sisters and my mom with me. And I handed it to her, and she goes, what do you want me to do with this? And I said, I just don't want Sherry to break this. <laughs> you know, just hold on to it. Well, then afterwards, we kind of laughed because she was, you knew you were going to win. You handed me the trophy to get it out of the way. And I said, that was exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was coming, right? I just I just had this feeling. I just had this feeling when, the, when Truebug got called for third, that was the last team with two calls. I started coming back and saying, you know what, we've got a third place brisket, but you know, we had a really good cook. We've been consistent all year long in the top 10. 
um, I just thought we had a great chance. So you get the overall call uh, for a grand champion. Uh, you've won the American Royal Open, as you mentioned, uh, last year. You won the Kingsford Invitational last year as well. Now you're a Jack Daniels world champion. Do you have any kind of rank on these three and, and how you see them? And it doesn't necessarily have to mean one is better than the other, but uh, since you've been doing it for 12 years, do you do you have a rank for how you stack these up against each other competition to competition to competition? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to the Jack, but when I look at the, you know, when I look at the American Royal win, um, and you look at the number of teams that are in there and the top teams in the country, that are at the American Royal. There was only a handful in the top, you know, 25 or 50 that weren't there to me, as far as tough contest, you know, the American Royal seems to be a lot tougher and you got to be a lot luckier because there's 500 plus teams there. Uh, the Kingsford Invitational was just special. It was just the backdrop of New York City. You're dealing with, you know, past winners and stuff. Um, but nothing really beats the stage experience of getting your name called at the Jack. I mean, it's an experience that lasts for 30 and 40 minutes, you know, with all the paparazzi there and all the foreign teams and international teams and stuff. It's just it's amazing. It's just mind-boggling. So does winning this, uh, and for the people that don't know, Darren, obviously very successful uh, restaurant tour as well uh, in the uh, Des Moines area with the Iowa Smokey D's restaurants. Do you see any pop in receipts over the weekend or this coming week or, or, or anything like that, or is it one doesn't necessarily correlate with the other at this point? Oh no, they definitely they definitely correlate. I was in the in the restaurant tonight trimming meat, and I mean for a Tuesday night, which should be a normally pretty slow night in the restaurant business across the board, uh, we had a pretty packed house. You know, so I mean we've got a lot of customers that are are big fans of barbecue, and they're waiting to hear, and they're calling, hey, what's going on? You know, I mean today I got a call from the you know, the Iowa State football coach that we do a lot of catering for, and he was just ecstatic that he had just saw because, you know, of course we had some, you know, we were on the news yesterday and we were on the second page of the Des Moines Register today. And so there's a lot of, you know, that whole press thing um, comes out and, and draws a lot of attention to the restaurant and brings people in. Do you feel a obligation to, to be in the restaurants and, and to be available to, to do all this media? Do you think that's part that goes along with the winning? Um, you know, right after, you know, I think the customers understand customers don't see me a lot, especially during the competition season. You know, we've got a great, great staff that just, you know, they treat that restaurant like it's their own. And I tell them, you know, that it is their own, um, and they just kind of handle stuff. And so we're able to do a lot of things, um, that most people aren't going to have that are able to do that really have a, you know, a job. And, you know, I don't feel like I have a job and, you know, I'm there to lead the team, and I do a lot of work on the road talking back and forth with vendors and stuff like that. But as far as the day-to-day operations, it's one that I can just walk away from at any time and, and really not be bothered. So you're going to be doing Laughlin this coming weekend. Uh, we're, oddly enough, coming rapidly to the end of the year. How many more competitions do you see Iowa Smokey D's competing in before you hang it up for this year? You know, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to do, or I'm going to do, I'm flying solo this weekend in Laughlin. Sherry's going to take the week off and stay home and do some stuff with our daughters. So I'm going to do that. We're going to, I'll be back on the next week from tonight 
and then start prepping for a doubleheader down in St. James, Missouri, which we'll leave for on Thursday. Um, we're probably going to take a week off. We may fly down to Plant City, Florida. It's it's one of our favorite contests. Um, and then after that, we'll probably be off for a couple weeks, I would imagine. And then we're off to the King of the Smoker, you know, which is out in the Quinto, which is, you know, our next bucket list item. What are your, uh, what, are, what do the kids think of uh, competition barbecue, there? What's my daughter think? Yeah, what's she think? Do you think like you're um, you're crazy going around all the country doing like cooking barbecue? Is she in it? Does she have any type of a? Do you see any type of a desire for her to want to get into that at some point? No, no. I mean, she used to be. She used to be with us every weekend. Um, you know, until she turned about sixteen, and then she really didn't have a lot of interest in it. Um, she was she was on the edge um, because you know, of course, now she has a real time job. You know, so she was uh, <laughs> thinking about taking off her job and come down to the jack and she's kind of kicking herself for not doing that. Um, but no, she doesn't really have much to do with, uh, you know, she's not in the restaurant. You know, I really didn't want her to be in the restaurant business. She's a graphic designer. So, you know, she's happy when we come home. Um, but anymore we're gone so much that she doesn't complain too much when we're gone either. So you got King of the Smokers coming up end of the year. Uh, obviously you are a, uh, Big Papa elite team as well. Um, are you surprised that this West Coast offense, I mean, it's really kind of taken over flavor profiles. A lot of the teams out there, whether they're top teams or not, are, are using some form or fashion of a, of a, of a, a West Coast offense. Are you surprised, as someone who has used uh, different flavor profiles over the years, uh, how much of a stronghold this thing has taken on over the last year and a half or so? Um, it really doesn't surprise me so much. I mean, it's great. This stuff is great. I mean, I used to go back, you know, and I still use some, you know, some smoking guns hot in my flavor profile, um, you know, but it used to be in the, in the olden days, I'll call it, you know, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten years ago, you know, it was it was smoking guns hot in head country, maybe a little Cimarron docks in there, and it was blues hog in head country for sauce, and that was it. You know, and now um, Sterling um, has just come up with it, and and Stephen Franklin, you know, with the whole Simply Marvis thing, they've got some really great stuff that matches not only in competition barbecue, but I don't have any other spices in my spice cabinet at home. I mean, everything is just absolutely wonderful, and it's done great. You know, and there's some, you know, there's some great new sauces out there too. You know, I was just. Um, going back and forth with Rub from Swamp Boys Barbecue. I mean, that's a sauce that has hit the market running. I mean, it's in our profile. We love it. Um, it's just crazy. I'm finding myself, instead of mixing five, six, seven sauces together to come up with something, I'm dumping sauces right out of the bottle. You know, to me, rubs are, are, are one thing, I guess, but sauces are literally a dime a dozen. You can go to a grocery store or anywhere and find 50, 60, 70 sauces on the shelf at any given point. So to get into the market, uh, as Rub has, and to hit so huge so quickly, uh, kind of uh, maybe unsuspecting, but I uh, probably goes to show that the quality of the product, and you've been around sauces for a number of years. Uh, I mean, what, what speaks to you about this sauce uh, being so good? Well, it, it just, you know, his sauce really has 
and I don't want to compare it to Blues Hog, you know, but that's kind of the standard in the market. You yeah, know, that's the sure. standard in the competition market. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find that in almost everybody's toolbox um, that's there. But it kind of gives you less of a, a, a twang to it. It's a lot thinner sauce. Um, it's just amazing flavor, and I just love the idea that I can just take that sauce and dump it right out of the bottle onto food and turn it in and win. Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D's Pitmaster, the now reigning 2014 Jack Daniels champ, and will be heading to Laughlin. So uh, everybody out there, beware. He's coming for two weeks in a row of wins. Darren, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming up. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. You got it. There he is. Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D's. Jack Daniels Open winner. Kingsford Invitational winner, both last year, and now your 2014 Jack Daniels champion. Where, if you were Darren, where do you rank those wins if you were him? Which one would you hold most dear? Hmm, Interesting question. I'll look for some reaction in the chat. Hit me up if you're listening to the podcast on email. Let me know. You were a competitive barbecuer. You won the American Royal Open, the Jack Daniels, and the Kingsford Invitational. Which one would mean the most to you? How would you rank them? One, two, and three. If you didn't know right now, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. The rubs have won almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 13 World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City, the 2012 and now 2014 Jack Daniels Invitational, 2013 Kingsford Challenge, as we just learned about, and the 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Many more to come, absolutely. Big Papa Smokers has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue what has now become the West Coast offense, defying conventional wisdom. These two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, the King of the Smoker, which Darren just referenced in the last segment. That brings the best of the best of barbecue in a head-to-head, back-to-basic-style competition. King of the Smoker unique in the fact that contestants may not use any electric devices, such as pellet cookers or pit miners. Contestants only allowed to use charcoal, wood, and their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around. The other competition that Big Papa Smokers has started is known as the Guinea Pig, which is a cost-controlled competition that helps to bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. That helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue. Top of all of that, Big Papa Smokers created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competitions in the country, working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and most importantly, to benefit children's charities across the United States. Keep in mind, Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only four years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities from across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Thanks to Sterling Ball and the gang out there for their support of the show. Appreciate them. Support him. Them. BigPapaSmokers.com. Hood him up. Get the West Coast offense going. 
We are back with Mike Richter to give his take on Reserve Grand Championship honors right after this. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, thanks again to Darren Warth from Iowa Smokey D's. I was trying to find Mike Richter's number. I apologize. Sorry. Sometimes you don't have it all in the box. All right. So Darren Warth is your grand champion. What's next to grand champion? Of course, it is the reserve grand champion of the 2014 Jack Daniels Barbecue Competition World Champion. Chip, Mike Richter joins us on the show again. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you uh, making time for yet a second appearance in as many weeks. Last week we were talking about your really overall domination of Southern Ohio in the Ohio Smoked Meats Festival and kind of uh, catapulting you into a good feeling of getting down to Lynchburg and you know, really uh, had a tremendous showing as well. Uh, are you surprised you, you dominate uh, Ohio one week, you come right back around and, and almost take grand championship honors at Jack Daniels? Are you surprised you're cooking this well, or are you expecting it at this point? Well, our food's been pretty good. I'm... Uh... I guess I was a little surprised because I thought maybe we'd used up all our luck, uh, you know, in Ohio. But but the food, uh, we were happy with everything we cooked. At, at this point, how many competitions have you cooked this year, Mike? Uh, I should know that. I, I don't know, twenty some. All right. So I mean, uh, cooking a a wide swath more than the majority of cooks that are out there right now. So, I mean, at 20-plus, probably approaching 30, uh, d- does luck have anything to do with – look, we're not talking about tables. That's a whole different thing, right? But when we're talking about process and what you're doing weekend in and weekend out, does luck have anything to do with it at this point, or are you just locked in and it's business no matter where you're at? Oh, I think there's always a little bit of luck involved because um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in it. The uh, But you – this, I mean, when you're cooking almost every weekend, things uh, do tend to fit together well. I mean, you're, you know, Tuffy's one to always say it's, you know, you have to be able to deal with the catastrophe. And it always seems like there's something, some kind of hiccup that comes along. Uh, this last weekend, there wasn't. I mean, this was the nicest weather 
I've ever seen in Lynchburg for the Jack. I oh. mean, you, it was awesome. How many times have you been down there, Mike? Uh, this was our fourth time, really. All right, and uh, best finish to date, then? Yes. With the, prior to today, six was our best. So, yes, prior to this past weekend. All right, yeah, bettering uh, by four positions. Uh, when you look back over the weekend, Mike, uh, aside from the weather, uh, how did the cooks go? Uh, how did you feel that your uh, turn-ins were stacking up? I guess uh, maybe if you could, how did you feel your turn-ins were this week compared to the week before where you won three out of four categories? That's a tough question. I actually thought our brisket was better. Um and I thought our ribs were better in Nelsonville. Shows you how much we know, because <laughs> that's not how they scored. But I mean, I, I was I was pleased with everything that we turned in. I mean, I, I wasn't ashamed of anything. It, it, it was a good cook. You know, I just had uh, Darren Worth from Iowa Smokey D's on uh, the Grand Champion, and we were talking a little bit about the fact that this year there seemed to be more noticeably more cooks in the judging tent where in years past it had been widely stacked with food journalists or bloggers or celebrities people that you don't normally associate a experienced barbecue competition barbecue palette to be judging the barbecue turn-ins or the meat turn-ins this year he said man i noticed there were there were more judges or not judges but there were more cooks in the judging tent uh, did you find the same thing and 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 how does that make you feel as a competitor when you can see uh, kind of the faces that you see on a weekend in weekend out basis in the tent well it uh it makes you feel good i mean yeah there's some of the you know good, a good amount of the judges were cook teams uh there were several teams that were not competing that were previous champions were serving as judges. Uh, I guess for them to like your food is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. And I think they also appreciate what everybody does maybe a little bit more than, you know, there's, there's always those folks that say the judges need to cook with teams and everything else, and I don't know if we want to get into all that right now, but they, I don't know, I guess just appreciated more of what the teams are going through. I, I mean, I don't know. The scores were um, pretty high. Uh, there wasn't the 700s, but there, there were, they were good scores. I mean, our chicken was 46 with a 160-something. Uh, so that's that's a pretty good score. Mike Richter from Chicks, Swine, and Bovine joining us here on the show, uh, recounting his Reserve Grand Championship take at the Jack Daniels this past weekend. Uh, Mike, you've been down there uh, a number of times. Uh, you know, when you remember the first time you got down there and then when you settled into the holler this past weekend, uh, what have you learned uh, down there and, and what do you make a point to do maybe every every time you're down there and what have you done once and been like, yeah, done that, not going to do it again, let's let's focus on something else? Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Miss Mary Bobo's. That's a, a local tradition. Uh, it's a restaurant there that dates back 
coaching dates back pre-Civil War. They actually had the Lynchburg system and everything was there. So you go in there and you listen to, there's like a hostess for each group that goes in, and they, you know, go over the history, and it's, it's just very interesting. Uh, one of the things that I no longer do, I, I don't go on the hill. I uh, try to, not that I won't go back up, but you're there, and it's it's such a huge contest. I, I don't want to go on Friday night and have a couple drinks and then think, well, I'll be okay. I can, I can have a couple more and then mess up my cook. So I choose not to go back up on top of the hill on Friday. Uh, this year, my wife, uh, actually, before we left Ohio, she had uh, hurt her back. And we're not quite sure what happened. But uh, Scott uh, Nelson from Peacekin, yep. who is, is a chiropractor by trade, yep. uh, got her through the weekend. He came over and helped uh, get some adjustments for her. She, she was in pain. She was at the doctor today, and we're going again tomorrow, but we're just hopefully seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But had Scott not come by and helped, I just don't know what we would have done. Once again, barbecue folks are the best. You know, like, what, can we, what can we do to help? He's, he's asking how she is, checking on her all the time. I mean, it's a wonderful group. Absolutely. Um, so where does the uh, Reserve Grand Championship at Jack Daniels this past weekend rank in, uh, I guess, not only this year, but you know, it, maybe it's not the, the Grand Champion that you were shooting for, obviously, but... Uh, where does this rank in, in all the other wins and, and great finishes that you've had over the years, Mike? Well, it's it's a big deal. It, it's a huge deal. Would I have liked to have won? Absolutely. Uh, I was real happy that Darren didn't carry one. At least, if you're not going to win, you want your friends to win, and that was the case. Uh, but finishing as a reserve is still a huge honor. Uh, for us, anyway, it, uh, it's just such a big deal to get to, to get, be able to get invited down there because it's you know you got to go through everything to to get there. Uh, it's it's very special, Mike. Uh, when you left Lynchburg, uh, do you have more competitions in the chamber uh, for the rest of the year, or was that it for you guys? Well, we're tr- we're trying to figure that out. We'll we'll be in Shelby, North Carolina, um, Thursday morning, and then uh, we cooked coming every year. They've had coming. Uh, I like Plant Steady. We cooked Demopolis for like the last five years, which is that's traditionally our last contest of the year, which is the first week in December. Uh, I think we're going to probably not do some of those this year just because uh, I want to get these houses sold and that, that there's some work I need to do to, before that can happen. And, uh, so I think we need to take the time off and get focused on getting this house ready for the market and get it sold. 
out of Maryland and get where it's warm. I want to go this out. <laughs> do, you, do you have a target uh, for new Chick Swine and Bovine headquarters? Would you like to get you know, as far south as Florida, or would you like to stay a little bit more north at it in the Carolinas or the, the uh, Georgia area? Uh, I'm, we're going to end up in Pensacola somewhere around that area. Navarre or something, somewhere right right on the panhandle of Florida. So if a storm comes, you can pack up and leave. Uh, you know, it's, I really do like the area. Do you have a targeted amount of competitions that you might see in 2015, or is that something that you and your wife will evaluate uh, after you've done the last competition and, and might have had a, a few weeks off to decompress and, and get that energy to, to look at 2015 calendar? Oh, I'm, I'm just saying it'll probably be somewhere between 25 and 30 when it's all said and done. We're probably going to end up doing a class here in Maryland before we move. Uh, we've got a lot of friends up here that have been asking for a long time, and we'll probably do that before we before we do pack up and move. Uh, I'm still going to compete up here in, in this area because there are so many good friends up here, and there's some great organizers and some great contests. So we're still going to do some of the contests we've done for years. Uh, one, to help support them, to keep them going. And two, it's, you know, there's camaraderie with the people that live here. We've got, uh, there's a young man that uh, we've kind of adopted, or he's adopted us, however you want to look at it, that has some significant health issues that lives here in Maryland that we're, we're not going to move and not still stay in touch and see him. So, there, I mean, we'll, we'll be back up this way, and but we'll just get a chance to see more of our southern friends. And I, I opened up a facility when I was working in Pensacola and just really fell in love with the area. And uh, probably much better winters, uh, even though it can get a little chilly there still, uh, but uh, nothing nearly as bad. Uh, Mike Richter from Chicks, Swine, and Bovine, your 2014 Jack Daniels Reserve Grand Champion. Having uh, quite a great year, and especially the last two weeks. Mike, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, you have a great one. All right, you too. There he is, Mike Richter, Chicks, Swine, and Bovine. Won three categories. In Southern Ohio, Nelsonville to be exact, three won three of four. Then turned around a week later and took Reserve Grand Championship at the Jack. Yeah, that's a pretty good two weeks. Yeah, that's pretty good. Folks, a public service announcement to all the Barbecue Brothers and Sisters from one of your show sponsors, Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Also a self-proclaimed barbecue junkie, and he's not afraid to say it. He'll say it out loud, swinging from the rooftop. Christmas is coming. That's right. Believe it or not, 2014 rapidly coming to a close. I said that back in February. Y'all was laughing at me. Yo, you don't know nothing, Remy. 2014 coming to a close. It is. Next week and this coming weekend will be November 1st. Suck it rapidly coming to a close Christmas is next 
don't do the bull crap gifts that you always get. No new clothes, no crappy ties, no liquid smoke flavored barbecue sauces or anything like that. No, no, no. How about watches? Like bowlable watches. Why spend a ton of money on one if you don't have to? Steve makes it easy. You're not going into the big box stores. You're not going to be dealing with some punk ass, the bad suit on, looking to jam commission money into his pocket because you've told him what your budget is and what you're looking for cut-wise. He's like, yeah, I, I see you more in this. I see you more in this rig because, you know, it's what I want you to buy. That's not going to happen at Steve's place. You're going to call him at 440-943-2700. You can also visit him on the web, stephendefranco.com. You guys are going to start a journey together once you talk to Steve. You ask for him on the phone. He's like, hey, I live in Florida. I live in Texas. I live in L.A. Rempy says for me to call you, so I've finally broken down. I'm going to call you. and He says, hey, let's have a conversation. What are you looking for? What kind of emotions are you trying to convey? What's your budget? Um do you, are, do, you, do you really want to spend that much? Do you want to spend more? Do you want to spend less? Here are some ideas. They're a wedding ring, an engagement ring superstore. they got a whole bunch of stuff that you're not going to find at a lot of these big box jewelry stores. Plus, you're going to get the personal time and attention you deserve. If you are in the Cleveland area, I highly suggest going in and visiting with Steve in person. But you can do it online as well and on the phone. He's going to take just as good of care of you on the phone ship it to you for free, give you all the warranties, all that good stuff as you would if you were be able to visit in person. I only deal with Steve in person because I can, because I live here. 440-943-2700, stephendefranco.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. A little bit earlier, I asked, How would you rank the Jack, the American Royal, and the Kingsford Invitational? Diane Mee, Kingsford, Jack, and Royal. Wow. Don G, American Royal, Jack, and Kingsford Invitational. That's how I would rate it, by the way. Scott. Sylvie Curry, American Royal. Over 500 teams, including the Invitational teams. Jack, then Kingsford. Patrick Paquette, rejecting the premise. Uh, one is over the other. But to play the game, Jack first, American Royal second. Kingsford third. Kingsford not doing great. Is there a Kingsford Invitational this year? Who knows? I have not heard, but I know somebody that I can talk to about that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it, maybe they're not doing it. I haven't heard anything about it. Maybe it's Gonzo. Let me see if anybody else is in here. Vote Mike Richter and David Qualls for the KCBS Board of Directors, says Patrick Pete. 
Diane Meese, Mike is riding the show Karma, undoubtedly. All right. Beautiful. Mike, again, saying on the show, he said it last week, too, that he was going to be making a run down south. Out of here. Out of here! Second hour coming up, we have the 11 most haunted watering holes. Stephen Reichland's top 10 meat cities. Steve Ray will be coming up talking about the Jack Daniels from a media perspective. Your phone calls, your emails, 216-220-0966, greg at the bbqcentralshow.com, your two bits of contact information. Uh, you can find out more about the show at the bbqcentralshow.com, like if you want to sponsor the show, or partner with me, give me all your money. I'm here to take it. Give you something in return. All right, uh, we'll reload for the second hour. It's great. Lock in. Tell all your friends. Share it on the, the Twitters, the Face Twitters, the Book Bills, all that stuff, the social medias. Get it going, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to have a fun second hour. Your participation included. We might have a giveaway at the 1035, depending on how things go with Steve. So uh, stay tuned. Lock in. Let everybody know you're watching and enjoying the Barbecue Central show. We will be back in 35 seconds to a minute. Stick around. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate since before wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you have found the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We do broadcast the show live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast, and I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Everything you want to find out about the show. The website, right there, thebbqcentralshow.com. 
archives, links, sponsors, how to sponsor the show, stuff about me, pictures, some, not a lot. All that stuff can be found right there. Subscriptions to the web shows. Uh, You can get replays of this show or watch the live stream on Roku, which is an internet protocol television thing. You download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app on Roku, and boom, you're off and running. number of different IP televisions as well uh, have the Outdoor Cooking Channel app, so be sure to check those out if you're somebody that likes those uh, type of things, the Internet Protocol television. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Stephen Reichland's top 10 meat cities in the United States. Let me go from 10 to 1. I should go from 10 to 1. All right. Number 10, the great city of North North Carolina. Wait. That's a state. All right. It's not one city, but a whole state gone hog wild for pulled pork at such landmark barbecue joints as Lexington Barbecue in Lexington, Wilbur's in Goldsboro, the Skylight Inn in Aden, the Pit in Raleigh, and the new Ed Mitchell in Durham. Number nine, believe it or not, Washington, D.C. Never mind all the pork that gets generated by Congress. Don't miss the herb-smoked steaks at Del Campo and the spit-roasted whole lamb at Kopnos. Number eight, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. You know who's from Portland, I think? No, not. uh, Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I would have been wrong. Portland, Oregon, the Secreto at the Imperial Restaurant, the Asado Argentino at Ox Restaurant, the Pork Strami at Tails and Trotters, the Meatropolis on the Willamette River has become a carnivore's paradise. Number seven, the Windy City of Chicago, Illinois. Sure, they have landmark steakhouses to rival any in North America, but Chicago gets... Stevens vote for its unique Italian beef sandwich. Yes, if you want it with hot peppers. Number six, a barbecue place called Kansas City, Missouri. John Russell's Q39, the local pig joint, not to mention such local classics as Oklahoma Joe's. When it comes to barbecue, Kansas City still rules. Number five, got to get dirty, Atlanta. You don't believe me? Sit at the bar at King and Duke and watch steaks, chops, and burgers roll off the monster wood-burning Inferno Grill. Number four. What do you think about number four? Anybody? Anybody? Brooklyn. No sleep. No sleep. Hometown barbecue. Brisket town. Fet Sow. Not to mention the legendary Peter Luger Steakhouse. Hey, my New York peeps in the instant chat room has anybody been to peter luger's don g just signed off for the night he's got to go to bed i've heard on no less than five or six different accounts that peter luger serves their steak in like a deep dish plate and it's like in butter soup it's covered like in butter or something is that a myth i've heard that some from some reliable sources that it gets served up in an azu if you will I know you will. Number three, typically not known for meat, but according to Stephen Reichland, Los Angeles. Usually one associates Los Angeles with 
vegetarians and vegans and non-meat eaters and people you can see through. Not just in the metaphorical. Never mind. The Italian steakhouse on Melrose, Chi Spacca, may serve the biggest steak in North America. The four-inch thick, 50-ounce wood-fired grill, Costata Aya Florentina. And that's just the beginning. Celebrities spend money on the best meat. Dude, 50-ounce wood-fired steak. I'm no genius, but I believe eight is it is 18 ounces a pound. I mean, that's damn near a three-pound steak, right? <laughs> Holy love a Pete. Who's eating a 50-ounce steak? Patrick, just a steak for you? What? No way. 16 ounces per pound, yeah. Wow, that's right. So, uh, just a shade shy of uh, four pounds, like 3.7 pounds or something. 3.125 pounds, Rub. Thank you. Rub, also playing mathematician tonight. Props on the sauce, Rub, by the way. Getting love from all over the country on that sauce. Could probably do shots of it from what I hear. Travis Clark uh, is in the house, by the way. He wins a lot. Travis Clark wins a lot. Uh, Number two for the Meat Cities. You know where we're going here. Down south, down central, Dallas, Texas. Just two words for you. The Brontosaurus Ribs at the new Pecan Lodge in Deep Ellum. Know where Deep Ellum is. Where, oh, where is Stephen Reichland's top meat city? Anyone? Anyone? You know it. You love it. Everybody would guess it if I gave you the option of guessing it, of course, and I just did. Boston? No. Sorry. Little place called Austin, Texas. As Stephen puts it, where else do people start lining up at 8 a.m. at Franklin or Le Barbecue? Kraft Meats and other great barbecue joints that won't open until 11. Doesn't anyone in Austin have a job? Yeah, my job is to stand in line. Rub says his barbecue sauce goes great in Bloody Marys as well. I've never been a big Bloody Mary fan. Maybe because I don't usually wake up with a hangover. Uh-oh. Don't need the hair of the dog on this guy. All right, uh, where was my next list? 11 haunted watering holes. Here's your haunted watering hole list. Number 11. George Martin Strip Steak, Great River, New York. Alongside the celebrations, drinking and dancing, there were also accounts of theft, murder, and debauchery. You know me. I love decadence and debauchery. That's right. Yeah, I love it. Decadence and debauchery. I'm all about it. I would love it. How about Lons, the Hermosa Inn in Scottsdale, Arizona? The spirits of Lons at the Hermosa are quite active, but always friendly, says the director of food and beverage. Then you have May Bailey's Place in Daphne Orleans Orleans Hotel. Jeez, oh, Pete. That's in New Orleans, by the way. 
there is a Cortesian bartendress who haunts the bar. And the longtime history and tradition has it that she frequently moves around the bottles to her own liking. Yeah, that's because she's a ghost alcoholic, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, all right. How about the Hotel Monteleone in New Orleans? We have a theme going on here, which means scary places happen in Arizona. You have the Newburgh Inn in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. For those of you out there, the Old Town Pizza in Portland, Oregon is a haunted watering hole. The Herringbone in La Jolla, California, well-known for its haunts. Gadsby's Tavern, Alexandria, Virginia, a lot of history there. The Inn and Spa at Loretto, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and rounding out the top 11 most haunted watering holes, the White Eagle Cafe and Rock and Roll Hotel in Portland, Oregon. A regular at the hotel who stays in room two said his wife saw a lady flying around the room with a candelabra in her hand. You might be asking yourself, why am I giving you a list of haunted watering holes? Because, folks, didn't you know on Friday it's Halloween? Yeah! It's my favorite holiday where I can watch grown people over the age of 10 dress up like douchebags. Love it. Love it. How old are you people that's still dressing up for Halloween? When you're 12, that's it. Sorry. Stop it. Just stop with your dressing up. 216-220-0966. Angela Iverson, way too many sexy costumes. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Come on. Who are you kidding? Let me talk to you about the longest-running sponsor of the show. Not familiar with the barbecue guru? Let me tell you about it. The little beauty keeps that pit running at a set temperature all the way through the cook. For instance, maybe you are like me, a busy working professional, or maybe you were like me, constantly on the run with kids doing errands. You just didn't have the time to set around and pretend that you had wanted to set Pet temperatures all the time by hand. Forget it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. It's currently a couple different miles to choose from. Uh, one of the most popular ones, the highest level, is the CyberQ Wi-Fi. The entry level is the Party Q. Party Q starting at $149 for most cookers. Easiest point of entry in a pit temperature control device. A self-contained package. That runs on AA batteries and has recently got a facelift. This thing is absolutely spectacular. In the market for a cooker, look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards for all over, uh, for many years now all over the country. It's a fully insulated unit, holds a ton of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service, and works seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to Barbecue Guru. TheBBQGuru.com and check out all their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. Don't guess. Call them 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or TheBBQGuru.com. We are back with Steve Ray. Jack Daniels Revisions. Right after Tales and Regalia. We are back right after this. Stick around. 
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Trusting your butcher, Dave Bosca, going as a mad butcher. Just a mask and an apron. No! My eyes! If anybody can pull it off, it's not Dave. Just kidding. Visit butcherbbq.com. Oh, damn it. I'm not going to be able to fix that now. I apologize. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. My next guest, a competitive barbecue cook, a businessman of sorts. And uh, this past weekend, helping the Chattanoogian out by uh, writing a number of stories during his time down in the holler at uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee, this past weekend, let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome in first timer to the show, Steve Ray joining us. Steve, how are you? Hey, Greg, what's up? Oh, nothing. I appreciate you uh, making time for the show. Uh, have I uh, caught you outside? And uh, I don't want to alarm you, but there's a fire behind you. Oh, I know. Watch out! No, it's just a beautiful, beautiful night here in Tennessee. We we built a, a fire down here in Ottawa and. Uh, it's just really nice, really nice. Yeah, I have to say, I've looked at the city name for like the last year and a half, and I'm like, man, how the hell do you say that name? So it's Ottawa, right? It's uh, Ottawa, Tennessee. Let me get you off here, man. I got, I got too many people out here. <laughs> All right, so Steve, Ow. let me ask you something. You are, uh, well, let's get a little background about yourself. Uh, I guess what you're into. Uh, professionally, and then obviously uh, you are into barbecue as well, a faithful centralite, which I appreciate. Uh, but uh, I guess how did you get into uh, barbecue uh, first and foremost, and, uh, and and I guess secondarily, what do you what do you do on uh, on a day? <laughs> my day job is, is yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. All right, I'm right here. My day job, I own a uh, service station uh, here in Ottawa, uh, Tennessee. It's right outside of Chattanooga, just north of uh, Chattanooga, and uh, we've been there 31 years. And it is—it's a mom and pop service station, just like the old timey ones. And uh, a lot, a lot of fun working there. A lot of fun. Do you uh, race out when people pull up to the pumps and like do all the self-service stuff, like or do all the full service stuff still, or is that like nowhere in existence anymore? No, we we have a we have a couple of uh, people that we still help. We we pump so much gas, we had to put all the pumps on a uh, self service. But uh, we still have uh, if if they need help, uh, you know, old, older people, uh, senior citizens, people that uh, you know have a hard time getting gas. We we run out there and we help them. I, I know my customers, and uh, they know they can come there and uh, get treated right. Steve, what's the deal with gas? I mean, mean, it's all over the place. I, I'm going off on a complete tangent, and I apologize, but I don't know anybody else that deals with gas uh, except you. I go to the pump three weeks ago, and we're at three and a quarter, maybe three thirty-five here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. I fill up today. We're at two dollars and ninety cents, which 
part of me wants to go, holy shit, what a great deal. Except like six or seven years ago, it was maybe two bucks and a quarter or whatever it was. What is going on with gas and, and how can we fix this so we're back to like the dollar twenty five or a dollar fifty a gallon? Yeah, well that, in in Ottawa we're two fifty nine. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm moving to Ottawa, Steve. Here I come. <laughs> come on, everybody else is too great. Yeah. Uh the the thing that drives gas is is really a um it it was a, a function that was designed to lower prices for uh, airline fuel, and it's, it's, a, it's on the futures market. And people trade, uh, it's a commodity, reformulated unleaded gasoline is what it's called. And it's on the it's on the futures market, On it's a commodity. And uh, a lot of times you'll see people will jump out of the stock market. When, when the stock market drops, they'll, they'll run over to commodities, they'll buy gasoline. And, and you can literally sit at Panera Bread and manipulate the price of gas. Uh, the problem we have now, and it's not a problem, it's a it's a good thing that we have we have started drilling oil in this country, and we've got so much now that there's a a literal glut on the market, and it is a it's the old thing where demand is not uh, is 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 less than the supply, and then that drives it down, and, and that's a good thing, and that's a good thing, and that's why we're seeing these uh, cheaper prices. And man, I tell you what, Greg, I hope. I hope we see him, and I hope it, um, you know, I hope it goes down. I hope it goes down again. I was watching uh, CNBC the other day, and they were trying to uh, say why uh, low gas prices were bad for the economy. But uh, huh. I, I just, I just can't see it. No, I just can't. See absolutely it. not. The the lower the better for this guy, uh, and uh, we'll, oh, we'll, hope it, we'll hope it continues to go down. All right, Steve. So apologize for the divergence there. Um, That's okay. I'm used to it. Obviously, Tennessee is uh, known for barbecue as well. I don't know if we we call it a mecca yet, but uh, steeped in tradition of barbecue uh, and uh, perhaps whiskey too, as you were uh, partaking in nip there. How did you get uh, bit by the the uh, barbecue bugs? That's something you just grew grew up around in and continued on. Is that something you got in later in life? What's your deal? No, Greg. Three three years ago, I didn't even know a barbecue contest existed. Really. And, I had no idea, and I was on the couch uh, chasing channels, and and like ever, like a lot of people, came across Destination America, and they're running a pitmaster marathon, and and I put the <laughs> literally put the uh, put the uh, remote down, and started watching it, and and it, it amazed me, and I called my wife in the room, and I said I said watch this, I said this is incredible, they're they're cooking, of course this was season one, season two. And uh, I said they're cooking, and people are judging their food, and they're and they're winning money. And I said, look at these festivals. And uh, we, uh, I was talking to some of my friends that come in the service station every morning, and I said, hey, have you seen this? And they go, yeah, yeah, we've seen that. And I said, uh, well, there, there's there's one up in Cleveland, just up the road, Cleveland, Tennessee, actually. It is just uh, ten miles from Ottawa, and uh, we we got a team together, named it Al's Nest Barbecue, uh, bought a smoker. And drove ten miles up the road, and uh, we we just got, I mean, literally bit by the bug. We had a great time. Uh, met Myron Mixon, met J- Johnny Trigg, uh, met a met a lot of great people, uh, nationally known, locally known, and uh, I couldn't believe the sport. I just couldn't believe. Uh, Steve Ray joining us here on the show, uh, pitmaster of Owl's Nest Barbecue. Um, Steve, when you get into it. Uh, Getting into it 
three years ago, way different than it would be getting into it 13 years ago. Uh, internet not as prolific as it is these days. Nowhere near the amount of cooking class. You probably would have had to take Ray Lampy's cooking class, and that was probably the only guy doing cooking classes back then. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to, or what are the tools that you have used to ramp up your learning curve? And you've seen success in the three years that you've been doing this as well. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we went, we've gone to as many cooks as we can. We, you know, we've all got those those three letter word jobs that uh that hold us back. Uh-huh. I uh, in July I went down to uh, or in, yeah I think it was June or July. Uh, uh, Rub Bagby had a class down in uh, Calhoun, Georgia, which is just. 40 miles south of here and I uh, went to his class and it was a, it was a great time. And, and I, it was funny. I heard uh, Darren talking about uh, uh, rubs uh, sauce. He was, he was giving it away to us and, uh, and it is a great sauce. We used it in a uh, competition in Cleveland this year. We went back and uh, we did pretty good. And, uh, but rub was great. Took all the time in the world for us. And uh, I just, I just, I've just read, a tremendous amount, Greg. Everything I can get my hands on, I've read every book, uh, all the cookbooks, Myron's book, uh, Bob Lilly's book, uh, Mike Mills's book. Anything that I can maybe you know look to get an edge and in, to to kind of emulate these fellows, I, we've uh, we, we've tried to do that. All right. So this weekend, uh, as, as I'm sure you would love to have gone down as a competitor, the Jack Daniels, uh, you went down. Did the uh, Chattanoogian just hire you on as like a as a contractor to to post stuff while you were down there? Yeah, I was called. I'm what they call a stringer. Uh, John Wilson. It's Chattanoogan.com here in Chattanooga. It's a it's one of the first online uh, newspapers in the United States. It's it's a fantastic uh, newspaper, a fantastic place for information. Uh, I help John out when he has stories in Old One, my little area of. Uh, Chattanooga, I help him out uh, gathering pictures and, and information. He was kind enough to uh, let me uh, use the Chattanooga.com to get my press credentials, which uh, the people at the Jack were just fantastic. Nikki and uh, the girls that worked the public relations for Jack Daniels were great. And uh, I wanted to go there and I wanted to experience it. And uh, and I wanted to have a, I, I wanted to have everything uh, that I wanted to see. I wanted to be able to walk in anywhere in that press credential uh, did that. And, so, uh, man, we had a great time. What kind of an agenda did you have set up? Did you consult uh, people that had been down there a number of times, or did you consult other uh, journalists or media types saying, I'm going to be down there for this number of days? What should I see, or what stories should I unfold or uncover while you're down there? No, I, uh, my, my degree is in journalism. I went to school at the University of Tennessee as Michael McDermott and uh, Mike McLeod also. Uh, they, uh, I them uh, same same school uh, school journalism you did uh, I, I, I was looking at an angle I, I looked at the uh, standings one Tim kind of I kind of likened it to a uh, a baseball playoff a football race uh, a a a place where these three guys or four guys top five guys were in a a points race and they were all meeting at the same place because. You know, so many times they, they go to different. You know, they're not they're not cooking against each other. But at this particular place at the Jack, they were they were cooking against each other. And I thought that was a great angle to look at. Was uh, these guys are 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 lining up and they're going to you know mono e mono so to speak. And uh, and I picked uh, Donnie to hang out with because uh, I've met him a couple times. Donnie Bray with Warren County Pork Choppers. I met him a couple times. 
and interviewed him a few times uh, here in, in, in Knoxville at a competition we did. And, uh, of course, he was number one. And that's why I kind of um, I interviewed him and uh, kind of, you know, hung around with him during uh, on Saturday after the cook, you know, getting his thoughts. Of course, you know, Donnie finished 67, 67th and uh, not, not the best cook he's ever had. But that's that's kind of the angle I was taking. Yeah. So I'm interested because you were able to, to hang with him and kind of get an insider's view or vantage point of especially of his particular cook as you said here's a guy who's leading uh, kcbs team of the year points race currently finished second in a hotly contested team of the year race uh, just the year before against uh, true bud barbecue ended up winning uh, overall team of the year when he when he has a 64th finish uh, i mean how does he chalk that up were there things that he pointed to and said yeah this i didn't have the tenderness here or the flavor wasn't here uh, or does he just chalk it up to the fact that, uh, unlike a lot of other competitions that he normally takes place in, uh, the Jack is is a different judging monster, and, and he attributes it to that? Now, I, d- I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the competition because the award ceremony goes on so long that I had to I had to file my stories at the end of the ceremony. But I did spend about an hour, hour and 15 minutes with him after right after his cook, and what, what he said was interesting. He This was his fourth uh, competition at the Jack. His best finish ever was ninth. His highest call was fifth. And I asked him, I said, what have you done this year that differentiates between the other three years? He said, this year I'm taking it more seriously. And uh, he said, not that I didn't, you know, not that I was goofing off the last time. He said, but, but, but this year he really wanted it. And he really wants to win the points race for the KCBS. As a matter of fact, he said next to his his family and his business, the KCBS points race is the most important thing to him right now. And 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 Greg, I'm telling you, you could see it in his eyes. I mean, he is he is dead serious about that. And I didn't get a chance to talk with him after the uh, competition because the like I said, the the contest lasts so late into the night and the award ceremony. But uh, I'm, I'm sure he was disappointed, but he did say uh, when I was talking with him before that if he didn't do well, that you know he wasn't going to let that score him, that it, that it was on to the next contest. And uh, he is coming to uh, Chatsworth, which is just 40 miles south of Chattanooga on November 14th and 15th. And I heard that uh, Tim was coming too. So, so what, what amazes me is this is kind of like the last major of the season, but they're not done – they're not done. Um, they're not done cooking yet, and uh, it, it should. It's still the points race should be great. Steve Ray joining me here on the show, recapping the 2014 Jack Daniels as he saw it. Uh, Steve, uh, some other things that really stood out to you, I guess, just in a general sense, as you get down into the holler and uh, things that you were like, "Wow, I, I didn't recognize that," or uh, "Here's somebody I got to meet that I didn't expect to." Uh, really uh, positive things that you saw down there. Uh, I didn't. I didn't hear you, Greg, real, really well. You were kind of breaking up. Just repeat it real quick. Yeah. Uh, just I guess uh, maybe one or two other things here before the break. Uh, when you got down to the Jack Daniels, uh, some things that jumped out to you as things that you didn't anticipate seeing, or somebody you got to meet that maybe you, you didn't anticipate meeting. Well, the first thing the first thing I saw, Greg, is th- this this venue is enormous, and I had no idea that it was going to be as spread out as it was, uh, Donnie and Tim were like, uh, two, two cooks apart. Uh, Tuffy was there. He was like three, three cooks down from, uh, uh, from Donnie. And he's got a real closed, 
uh, Cook, obviously, because he, he's so famous. Um, I did I did get to spend a lot of time with uh, David David Bosca and his brother Martin, which are, are, are is my personally my my favorite cook. I use uh, I use David's uh, products, Butcher Barbecue, in our competition team, and uh, he and Martin were were fantastic. And uh, what I didn't know about Martin, I found out uh, that Martin's a, is a uh, auto technician, uh, just like I am. So uh, that was kind of that was kind of neat. Uh, when you are looking and, and going up and down the, the whole venue and seeing all the the teams that are there, uh, do you earmark some people that you think might have a, a better shot at, at winning? Because I know you're following uh, the competition season and and maybe you have some personal favorites as well. Or or because of this competition and, and the way it's typically set up, is it hard to pick out who you think, or is it hard to handicap an event like this? Maybe that's a better question. Uh, yeah, it, it is, and it, it is, and it's just like trying to handicap the Masters. I think this this tournament, this this uh, Jack Daniels, is very very similar to uh, the Masters golf tournament. Uh, matter of fact, the number of teams, ninety two teams, is about the the number of players that are invited to the Masters. Uh, traditionally, the Masters golf tournament is the easiest golf tournament uh, of the majors to win because there's so few people, and so many people are brought back past champions. But in the case of the Jack. It's, it's it's not like that because everybody is cooking and uh, there are there are past champions there but but you have to you have to prove yourself every year and uh, even if you win it it's not an automatic uh, you don't get automatically invited back so uh, yeah I think I think it's a it's a tough one I think the American Royals probably like the uh, PGA if you want to the PGA golf tournament that there's so many people there it's hard to win too but uh the jacket I think it's something special and uh I, I really do I really I would like to see barbecue competition um I think if, if we're going to cover it as 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 writers as journalists and as, as talk show hosts and people that are interested in this I think we need to I think the barbecue the Kansas City Barbecue Society or whomever needs to needs to set up like these are the majors and uh promote the people that have won these these golf tournaments or these uh, barbecue tournaments and say that these are the guys that have won the majors and uh i think that would be an interesting way to go about it steve ray joining me here on the show steve uh did you get a a chance to uh, interview iowa smoky d's after the after the win Oh no way! You couldn't you couldn't have gotten close to Darren and his wife. They were they were swamped. Uh, History Channel was there doing a uh, was doing a, a special show. I, I really wasn't sure what the show. There's some sort of a pilot about barbecue. So we and I'm looking forward to seeing it. But uh, they were mobbed, and I did get up there and I got some really good pictures. But uh, you 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 didn't have to interview Darren. They were they were just as happy as they could be and uh what they don't what they what uh, the, the thing that they didn't tell you is that Darren and his wife won $10,000. So this wasn't a shabby um you know this is no shabby affair. It's some serious money changing hands there. Matter of fact, at this uh at this Jack Daniel's uh cook-off tournament this year, uh the prize money went over $1 million really? since it started 26 years ago. Yeah. So they 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 are over the one million dollar mark. So uh, it's headed it's headed in a big direction. It really is. Uh, Steve, can I hold you over for uh, one other short segment here for the break? Absolutely. All right, uh, we will uh, come back with Steve Ray. We'll talk a little bit more about the Jack Daniels and his time there. Let me talk to you quickly about uh, the guy we were just talking about, Butcher Barbecue, Dave Bosco. That's right. 
If you're like me, always thinking about ways to step up the barbecue and grilling game. No better, no easier way to do that by adding a little Butcher Barbecue to your arsenal. Here's the website, butcherbbq.com. We all know Butcher is well-known for the injections, the pork injection, the beef injection, the prime injection, the bird booster, now the open pit pork flavor injection, selling like hotcakes. These flavors have really become uh, what most teams consider to be the competition standard in their respective categories, the beef, the pork, the chicken, available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for the go-to rubs, the go-to sauces. Don't go to another website. Stay right here, ButcherBBQ.com, because they have a full line of award-winning rubs and sauces. For instance, the steak and brisket rub, my favorite rub, the honey rub, which is 50% of the North Coast offense. I've deemed it the North Coast offense. Some of Dave's honey rub, some of Big Papa Smoker's sweet money rub, and boom, you're off and running. Uh, the honey rub has garnered an awful lot of attention. You've seen Dave use it on the TV shows that he's been on. It's been uh, widely acclaimed on the internet in years past as well, winning awards. If you use the premium rub, make sure that you inject with butchers because it's formulated to work with that injection, a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Last but not least, of course, that barbecue sauce, the sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. Butcher Sweet Barbecue Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, nice slice of tang, just right amount of back-end heat. For crying out loud, no liquid smoke. That's right, I said it. Dave took the time and effort to make quality sauce, and he didn't take the easy way out like most people do when they add the liquid smoke. Forget about it. Grab a box of six. It's going to go quick. You'll thank me for it. Don't worry about breaking the bank on shipping either. Relax. Items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at $8.55. I'm sorry, at $8.50. Between $55 and $200, ship at $9.75. Anything over $200 ships for $0 and 0 cents. The easiest way, go to Butcher BBQ, get $200 and one cent worth of stuff and have it ship for you for free. Easy to do. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. According to Dave here in this and chat, he also uh, had a little FaceTime on that television thing. Good for you, Dave. Well deserved. Uh, we are back with Steve Ray right after the stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. By the way, fourth place at the Jack Daniels for his sauce, the Butcher's Barbecue Sauce. Fourth place. Uh, Chris Lilly, I believe, won the, the sauce contest for Big Bob Gibson's. So that sauce continuing to do well. I mean, I remember, oh, my God. Actually, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I had an interview once with Chris Lilly of Big Bob Gibson's when he was talking about how him and uh, Don McLemore came up with that red sauce that is uh, continuing to win low these many decades after the fact. So uh, congratulations to him and, uh, most importantly, Dave Bosca for taking fourth overall in the sauce. Way to go. All right, Steve, uh, welcome back, and uh, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. Um, you bet. I saw your story that you wrote uh, running into or having some time with uh, the legend, 
and uh, I'm interested in getting your take on uh, if that was the first time you ever met Mike Mills and uh, I guess what kind of a of a aura or energy he puts off, you know, someone uh, like yourself who has been so anxious to know everything about the industry and the sport that we so are that we're so passionate about. Um, a lot of people want to take the time to see kind of where it's all come from, and certainly Mike has played a huge role in the uh, evolution of competition barbecue, also on the restaurant side of things as well. But uh, what was your time like with Mike, and, and what did you find enjoyable about him? Uh, super, super gracious fella. Uh, he was one of the uh, he was one of the guest judges, and uh, well, I, I shouldn't say guest judge. He was one of the judges. You know how could you know how could he be a guest judge? Uh, he's the kind of guy, though, Greg. When when he when he comes to the judges' table, the other five stand up, you know, and uh, and, uh, and 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 admire his presence. Uh, very very gracious fellow. I caught him right outside the uh, judges' tent. He was uh, standing under a tree with one of his friends, and uh, just they were just sitting there talking. And I, I came up to him, introduced myself, and uh, man, the, the conversation started and. One thing about everybody you run into, Mike Mills, uh, David Bosca, uh, Donnie, uh, whether it's Tim, any, anybody you run into down there, if you start talking barbecue, they they will sit and talk barbecue with you. Uh, they are it is that kind of a a uh, attitude down there is uh, they they love it. it. This isn't something that they do, uh, you know, just for the heck of it. They 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 love it and they. And they and what I got from it is they live it. And Mike Mills still lives. He there was a guy there was a gal there who had broke her leg that was a friend of his. And as we were talking, one of the officials from the Jack came over and meet somebody that wants to see you really badly. And he walked over there, and this lady he he saw her, and of course they they immediately knew. And uh, she had broken her leg. And uh, the first thing he does is, is gets down there and reaches through a fence because there's this, this is like a, I guess it's a, a cattle thing and when it's not being used for barbecue and reaches through there in a real awkward position and signs her cast for without her even asking him. And it, it was, he was just great. I mean, and he was just great. And that's what he said. He goes, that's why he comes back to all these uh, competitions is to, to keep it going and to, uh, you know, see all his friends. It, it really is like a big family reunion. Uh, Steve, I talked with Darren Worth a little bit earlier. Also, uh, Mike Richter, uh, Grand Champ, Reserve Grand Champ, respectively. And, you know, both mentioned that they saw in the judges' tent, uh, perhaps more than any year past at the Jack Daniels, that there were cooks in the judges' tent. Uh, Is that something that you also noticed uh, perhaps more prevalently? And and was that something that you heard bantered around the the cooks' pits? Yes, the the best thing I heard was uh, somebody came back. I think it was... uh, uh, I think I was talking with Donnie, and somebody came back, and he said, "Well, one good thing, Donnie, I didn't see anybody with a uh, Miss Lynchburg uh, thing <laughs> on, so so no beauty queens were judging." And uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, you know, Michael McDermott was there, and he's he's one of the uh, he's one of my favorite guys, and I've never had a chance to meet him yet. But he, he's you know he's over the Sam's Club, and and I am desperately trying to get them to come to Chattanooga to our our Sam's Club. We've got a great. Sam's Club here in Chattanooga, and I'd love to make them, you know, make us part of the tour. But I went last year; they were in Knoxville, and they bypassed this area last or this summer. And I'd love for them to come uh, to Chattanooga. And uh, it was funny, and I didn't even know he was there. And I was going into the judges' tent, and there was this guy sitting on a a bale of straw. And I thought, 
that looks just like Michael McDermott. And I walked on, and it was Michael McDermott, and I didn't even get a chance to talk to him. So, uh, I mean, that's what you—that's the situation you're in. You're just running into so many uh, popular people, so many people that are important to the uh, business side of uh, barbecue that I uh, didn't even didn't even um, you know. I thought, boy, it looks like him. Didn't even realize that he was there. Uh, Steve, what's the ratio in your estimation between? Uh, cooks or or people that are involved with a team in some form or fashion and people that are foot traffickers or or the foot soldiers or the patrons of this event uh you mean like the people that hang hang around a team or just the people that like to come watch yeah i mean would you say that 40 percent or 50 percent of the population that you saw there were involved in some type of a team, or would you say that the the majority of people were just uh, spectators and fans that uh, were just coming down? At the Jack, the majority yeah. of the people were just people that were just watching. It was it was incredible. The uh, number one industry in Lynchburg on this weekend is parking. Uh, everybody's hawking their parking. You know, there's only 390 people yeah. that live in Lynchburg, and, and Greg, you know, Lynchburg is when, 390 people. 390 people. Yeah, that, that's Whoa. all. It, Lynchburg is is a wide spot in the road. I mean, it's it's nothing. If, if Jack Daniels wasn't there, Lynchburg would be. I mean, it would probably be unincorporated. I mean, more more county is small in Tennessee, and there's a lot of places in Tennessee. And I'm not saying that to to put them down. I mean, it's just that's just the way it is down here. It, there's a lot of little where I, where I live, Udawa, It's a it's an unincorporated area. It's just a little wide spot in the road, and uh, and and Lynchburg is. Is it's just tiny. They've got the Jack Daniels, and I've been there before, and I've been to you know Miss Mary Bobos. Everybody, everybody around here has been there. It's, it's a uh, you know it's it's a great place. No big deal to go there. We're just used to it, and uh, but they 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 like I said, parking is the number one industry. But uh, when this thing's going on, man, I'm telling you what, they're 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 they're, they're you see license plates from everywhere. I would say, I'd say for every for every cook team that was there, I, I guarantee you there was twenty to 30 patrons just watching. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's help me out with, and you said you've been to Miss Mary Bobo's, uh, and I'm guessing oh, just yeah. because it's like, you know, somewhere you go because you live there, um, not because you went there because of the Jack, but I, I've only heard about it because people say you go there when you go down to the Jack. Like, what's the deal with that? Why is it such a big deal? Well, you go in there, it's family dining. You sit down at a table and you, and you, uh, you might be sitting with people you don't know. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's one in, in Cleveland, Ohio, just like that. We've got one here in here, one here in Chattanooga that's like that. And, uh, I mean, every little town's got that. And, uh, it's just, it's just a special little place. And like, um, Darren said, you know, they tell you how long they've been there. It's like going to the, the Cafe de Monde, if you've ever been there in New Orleans, you know, they brag about, you know, it's the longest operating restaurant in North America, I think they say. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those little, uh, neat little places that, uh, that are down here that, uh, everybody, you know, flocks. I think there's only one motel in, uh, Lynchburg and it was, of course it was full. We had to stay in, uh, we stayed in Tullahoma, which is a, another small town, just, you know, just 15 miles from Lynchburg. The other thing that you always hear about is teams going up on the hill. Uh, did you uh, get a chance to get up on the hill and, and see the goings on there or did you stay away from it? No, that's on Friday night. I didn't get there until Saturday. I do a, I do a radio show on Saturday morning here in Chattanooga on ESPN about about car repairs and things like that. So I had to I had to do my show, and then I went up. But um, 
I'm not really sure where the hill is. Lynchburg is is terribly flat. That part of Tennessee is uh, a terribly flat place. So I'm sure if it was up on the hill, it was only 25 or 30 foot above sea level. But uh, I mean, it's probably just a party at every every uh, every uh, uh, I call them. You know, I, I, I call them tournaments. I, a lot of places, you know, a lot of people call them cookoffs. But, but every every tournament's got a uh, a Friday night thing that the uh, you know after the cooks meeting people get together and go to them. So, and it's a lot of fun. I'm sure they had a great time, but I like, I like what Mike said. Um, he's probably like me. Um, the guy that finished uh, second reserve champion, he didn't want to go there and start drinking and then mess up his cook. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure it could happen. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think maybe the, the lure of the Hill is that maybe it's outside of the uh, County and uh, maybe you're not allowed to drink in the County or something like that. Uh, I, I don't, you know, more, more County, I think is a dry County still. I know you can buy Jack Daniels because when the last time we took a tour, you could, you could buy it on the way out. It used to be a, you know, that was the the funny thing about Moore County. It used to be a dry County. You couldn't buy a Jack Daniels there, but, um, i tell you what, it was flowing on. It was flowing on Saturday. Every, every, uh, trophy was a little, was a little, little trophy of, uh, Jack Daniels himself. And it had a little board on the side of it. And it had a little square cutout, and that's where they put the fifth of Jack. So wow. everybody got a fifth of Jack Daniels that won a trophy. Oh wow! That was really neat. That was really neat. Um, I, I guess uh, in your uh, summation of the event, uh, Iowa Smoky D's wins. Uh, Chick Swine Bovine comes in second. Uh, a lot of great teams finishing very well. Uh, some of the teams that maybe you expect uh, tumble a little bit and finished uh, towards the middle of the pack, but out of ninety-two teams. Uh, becomes a somewhat of a crapshoot, especially given the, the the history of you know how the judging goes. Although it seemed to have been a little bit better this year, um, what was the overall reaction to to some of the teams as you know everybody's kind of heading out? You know, did you grab anybody on the way out to to get reaction and feedback from? And and I, I guess what's it yeah. like? What what's the anticipation coming in? And and what do you see leaving Lynchburg? Well, everybody, the one thing I took away from it, everybody was a lot happier with the judging. Now, I'd, I had never been before, so I don't know. I don't know how the judging was, but I think I think they were they were more serious people. There weren't the you know, there wasn't Miss Moore County. It wasn't Miss uh, uh, Coffee County. Uh, it was uh, new and appreciated uh, good food. Uh, one one neat thing I did get to do uh, with my press credentials, I got to roam the uh, judging, and I had never done that before at any contest. So I got to actually stand at the tables as the table captains were passing the boxes around, and as the uh, judges were taking the food. And one thing that really amazed me, as, as being a, a a a pit master and sweating over the boxes, how they look, they don't look at the boxes that long. Uh, it seemed to me that uh, that they were looking for something that maybe uh, was out of place. If the, if everything looked nor- normal, I saw a lot of eights and nines being written down. Uh, I didn't see any sevens, didn't see any sixes or anything like that. Uh, really, that was kind of neat. The, the the presentation of the boxes is that fast. I mean, they don't waste any time. They just move that thing right down the table, and the and the judges look at it. And uh, then they moved to start putting the food on the uh, on the plank. So, as a competitor and seeing that, is that something that you're going to, uh, or that you have made a note about? And so, the next competition. I mean, obviously, you want to make sure everything's in place, but maybe you're not going to be spending five hours on each box. You might, uh, you know, cut that in half. 
Yeah, we, we've gone from parsley to lettuce, and that was thanks to Rub Bagby. He uh, showed us how to make a pretty nice box out of lettuce, and uh, that was a that was a big help. That cuts your that, that cuts your box time down, Greg. From I'm not kidding, 30 minutes to three minutes to four minutes per box, and that, that's a that was a godsend for us. That was the biggest thing I took away from the school. Uh, one thing I did learn was the um, the 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 sauce on the ribs. Uh, we, we've been way off on, on our team, the, uh, the ribs that I saw, and I did get to taste a lot of the competition food. I didn't know whose food I was tasting, but they brought a lot of the food back to the media area and you got to pick. And I mean, I, I ate some pretty good ribs, but the sauce on the ribs was very thick. It was almost like, uh, almost like a candy apple. And, uh, that's one thing that stuck out to me that I, you know, I'm going to use in our, uh, in our future cooks. And we're going to, we're going to be at Chatsworth too. I know Donnie's going to be there with Warren County pork choppers. I heard Tim's going to be there with true bud and uh, we're looking forward to seeing them. And that's just in uh, Chatsworth, Georgia, just is uh, 40 miles South of here. How many events do you see uh, Owl's Nest barbecue doing next year? Is that something that you have to get together with the team with and, and circum, uh, not circum event, but, uh, study everybody's individual schedule and go, okay, well, everybody's free this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, and uh, we'll look to see where the competitions are. Or do you just do the ones that are kind of local around you? What's the, uh, what's the day-to-day plan with that? And, and do you have any uh, like bigger team of the year type uh, chase plans as well at some point? Not, not yet. We, you know, we all have jobs. Uh, my friend, Dan Grease, who's my fellow pitmaster in our, our barbecue team. He's a realtor, uh, Roger Van Cleve. He's an accountant with a, with a huge uh, firm here in Chattanooga. He works for Unum, uh, insurance company. So uh, we can't, we can't get away We're, this will be our, when we do Chatsworth, it'll be our, I think our, I think it's our eighth event this year. And, uh, that's coupled with a few local events of a few people's choice events too. But, uh, but we love it, Greg. And, uh, uh, you know, we if, we if we could do 25, we would do 25. But uh, at our at our age and in our, our our space in life right now, it would be impossible to. But we just do what we can. We try to stay within 150 miles. Uh, Marietta is is really as far as we've gone. That's the uh, whole hog happening, and uh, that, that's a good that's a real good event. It's a growing event. Marietta is a wonderful venue. And uh, Greg, I wish I wish you'd come down. I know you don't. I know you don't compete and you haven't, uh, I, I listen to you all the time and you say you don't, you don't want to, but, uh, I tell you what, it's fun getting your butt whipped week after week. No, Believe I like me, to go, we're good at it. I like to go to the competitions and hang out with everybody and eat all the food. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Part. But I honestly, I don't, I, I mean, if I'm going to spend 600 bucks, I'll do it in the backyard. I'll cook up a whole bunch of barbecue. Everybody will tell me they'll love it. And it'll be great instead of going down and having all you guys kick my ass all over weekend. I mean, come on, I go to win. That's it. We, uh, I tell you, we we had two uh, we had two thirty uh, fifth place finishes in a row, and that was it was kind of funny. We 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 said that we own we own thirty five. If uh, if thirty six, if you want to get to thirty four, you got to come through Al's Nest Barbecue. <laughs> and we got a we finally got a comment note. You know, on some of the judges give uh, little comment yeah. cards. We got one in, uh, we got one in Marietta, the first one we ever got. And the, uh, I think it was a lady because you could tell the handwriting looked like a lady. And she said uh, she gave our chicken a uh, five in taste. Oh. I, I've never seen a five. I mean, that was like wow. And uh, and she said it had an undistinguishable taste. It didn't taste like chicken. 
And uh, I looked at my buddies. I said, I said, everything tastes just like chicken. Yeah. I even frog legs. Except our chicken. Yeah. And so, so we're, 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 we're going to change meat companies. We're going to try to find some, uh, uh, that tastes like chicken next time. Well, uh, probably a good idea. Get the chicken that tastes like chicken. Steve Ray yeah. is the uh, pit master for Owl's Nest Barbecue. Uh, Steve, do you guys have a website or anything you want to pass out tonight? Uh, no, we're on we're on Facebook, but uh, Midnight Oil Steve Ray is my main Facebook page. It's uh, that's my service station. We put all of our our barbecue stuff on that. All right, and uh, much appreciated by the way when you scroll the show banner stuff on the sign out there, man. That's awesome. Oh, it's fun. And we're we're big fans, Greg. I tell you, I googled. Uh, I knew I knew somebody out there had to have a a radio presence about barbecue, and uh, I googled it. Yours came up, and uh, that was it was about a year and a half ago. And uh, we've been faithful listeners. We if we don't catch it live, we always watch it during the week. And uh, you do a you do a fantastic job for this industry. A great deal of thanks for uh, keeping it in the forefront. And I mean, man, you you get the guests. I mean, you've you've had them all. I mean, from from uh, Myron on to, to Tuffy to Melissa. Uh, you cover the Pitmaster show, but you also cover uh, you know Darren. And I know Darren's been on television a couple of times. And uh, but you cover you cover everybody. And uh, and I, as 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 a person that is a fan of barbecue and a fan of this industry, we appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that, Steve. Continued success, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate All right, it. There he is, Steve Ray. Midnight Oil, baby. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's going to do it for this show this evening. All the way back in the first hour, we had the grand champion of the, uh, of the Jack Daniels 2014 competition. Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D. Boom. Then... Following him, we had the reserve grand champion of the 2014 Jack Daniels, Mike Richter of Chicks, Swines, and Bovines. Second hour, two segments worth of Steve Ray recounting the Jack Daniels, uh, how he got into competition barbecue as well. Always interested in hearing how people get into the barbecue deal and how they follow it down there giving props to uh, Rub, Bagby, uh, and then sponsor of the show, Dave Bosca. Boom. Learning curve, baby. Learning curve. Uh, Next week, you will find the first week of November in full swing. And, of course, the first week of every month brings Hall of Fame, Pitmaster, Celebrity, TV show host, and on this show, the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment, Ray Lampy will be joining us amongst a host of others. So uh, I will tell you this. If you have raw cast iron, it season it each and every time. As it uh, then starts to cool down, you know, hit a little brush, then a little pan, a little Crisco, let it burn back in. Generations of rust-free service. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.